Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita, and let's begin. And welcome to episode 19 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining me today. And I am excited to bring this next episode to you. I have a lovely letter from someone who works in the food industry. But before we get to today's show, I want to let you guys know I'm so excited. I just found out that I will be speaking along with my friend Jennifer McGurk. You may remember her from episode 10 of the Love Food Podcast, where we spoke about, um, namely, orthorexia nervosa. We had a letter from someone who was showing some signs of that. So Jennifer and I will be speaking at the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics uh, conference. It's called Fancy, is like the, the lingo for it. And it's going to be in Boston this year. And we'll be speaking on the hidden faces of eating disorders. So we'll be talking about eating disorders within folks with diabetes, those who are pregnant, and also women in midlife. I'm really excited about it. I've always wanted to speak at Fancy. If you're not a dietitian, just know that this is like a, the conference of all conferences for dietitians. I think there's usually like 10,000 of us all in this like one place. And 
So I've always wanted to be able to get in and we did. I'm so excited. I'm also excited that Rebecca Scritchfield, she's someone who um, also does a podcast called Body Kindness. Do check it out. It's fabulous. She's also going to be helping us with the presentation and being our um, navigator of sorts and um, MC. I kind of picture it. She's really great at at that stuff. And she's an awesome dietitian. And her uh, podcast is a great adjunct to the Love Food Podcast. So be sure to check it out. So anyway, we, w- we look forward to presenting. It's in October in Boston. So if you're a dietitian or a dietitian in training or otherwise going to be at this conference, let me know. I would love to meet up, have a cup of coffee or a margarita and um, probably have some really good food in Boston too. And just find out how you're listening to the Love Food Podcast. So today's episode, let's talk about that. Today's episode is a episode devoted to someone who is struggling with their weight and has gotten lots of messages over time that her weight was something that she needed to struggle with. And it just so happens that she also works in the food industry and is getting married. So as she's getting ready to make this lifelong commitment to her partner, she's really finding herself obsessing more about food than she ever has before. So I hope I give her some solutions. If you are someone that is about ready to make a commitment like a marriage, and then um, I would really encourage you to also check out episode three of the Love Food Podcast. Um, today's episode and episode three are um, chock full of helpful hints to help your relationship with food as you are preparing to make this long-term step with a partner. So anyway, let's go ahead and listen to today's letter. Dear Food, I love you. I love you so much that I decided to pursue you as a career and now have a job as a food scientist making new forms of you for a diet food company. I am also an avid cook and baker. My dream is to own my own food truck or small cafe where I can sell and share my various creative forms of you. The problem is food, I love you a little too much. I've always struggled with my weight. By the time I hit puberty, I passed my petite mother's ideal size for me and have had a history of dieting ever since. Currently, I'm not comfortable in my body. I'm getting married this year and I wanna look and feel my best for me, but also for another reason. My mother and my future mother-in-law are both very skinny and they constantly talk about how they need to lose weight. If they feel that way about themselves, What do they think about me? They also regularly tell me to just eliminate carbs or cut out all alcohol. It's so simple, but food, it's not. I am surrounded by weight loss gimmicks day in and day out. It's my job, but I know fad diets don't work in the long term and only end up causing more harm. My entire day is food centric from breakfast through my job and dinner. Even on the weekends, I go to the farmer's market or spend the day baking for my fiance and his coworkers. How do I stop thinking about you, food? How can I change our relationship when you are my hobby, my passion, and my career? Sincerely, hopelessly devoted to you. Hey, hopelessly devoted. Thank you so much for your letter. I hope that I'm able to give you some solutions or at least a place to start to help healing your relationship with food. 
I know you asked how how can you stop thinking so much about food and how can you change its relationship when you're immersed in it all the time. I do think the solutions are not necessarily going to be in your hobbies or um, in the things that you you enjoy, but rather it's going to be in how you view certain things in your life. So we'll get to that. But I want to let you know that I think there's probably not a tremendous amount of people who can say that they are a food scientist at a diet food company. I'm sure there's a, a fair amount, but not a tremendous amount of people that can relate to that exact position. Yet there are many of us, we dietitians included, who can relate to having a job in the food industry that can be taxing on our relationship with food. I think those um, people who I envy often are people who are math teachers or lawyers, carpenters, people who have jobs that have nothing to do with an activity that we have to do to maintain our life. You know, when you work in the food industry, like we do, letter writer, I feel like it makes our brain have this unnatural kind of connection to food. And it makes us have to think about it more. Unfortunately, in my brain, I'm able to look at a, any plate of food and tell, many cal- tell you how many calories it is. I don't like having that information. I think it's not, it's not very um, helpful. I think it actually is kind of, it's harmful. So, um, but just from being a dietitian throughout, you know, the last almost 20 years, it's just something that I'm able to do now. And so I would encourage you, a letter writer, to be sure to take care of yourself and cultivate interests outside of food. I know you have lots of hobbies that include food, but also be sure to purposely watch non-food shows, read non-food books, and have hobbies outside of food to be sure that you do find pleasure outside of that. And, you know, it'd be great to also connect with a therapist or a dietitian or both where you can really explore your relationship with food to be sure that it stays safe. Yeah, and, and then that way that you can really troubleshoot anything that comes your way before it becomes anything that could be harmful. Yet I know in your letter, you have something that's coming up that's really exciting. Best wishes on your um, nuptials that are coming up. And I hope you and your partner have a, a life together that is just full of joy. Yet I hate to read that your struggle with your body size is something that's distracting you from that joy. And I and honestly, I feel like reading your letter, your relationship with food, it probably could is, is only enhanced by your job. That's kind of my gut instinct with it. Yet the struggle with your weight is the one that's making it an unhealthy obsession. So one thing that I just read, um, you know, there's a lot of people right now that are talking about this Biggest Loser New York Times study. If you haven't read it, I'm going to go ahead and put it in show notes. But this Biggest Loser um, New York Times study, basically they looked at a number of contestants and their metabolism before and after the show and basically provided information on where are they now? Aren't those the best reality shows when they catch us up on where people are now? I love those. So this study did this for The Biggest Loser. Honestly, reading it, the results were not shocking to me. I've known since the show started that it was a, um, the show was a cesspool of promoting disordered eating and um, uh, very harmful and promoted uh, weight regain for the contestants. It's, it's like 
people who were on the show ended up long-term being in worse health than in better health. So when this study came out, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are struggling with the the results of it because does that mean then that if, if weight loss pursuits are not long-term going to be beneficial and if anything harmful, does that mean we just give up? And, you know, I always think we need to point out in those kind of comments that not pursuing weight loss does not mean we're letting ourselves go. It's letting ourselves be. And letter writer, that's where I feel like you could really grow and heal your relationship with food. What if you stopped fighting your body, stopped like being in the struggle, notice the struggle, and then notice maybe what if your weight is not a problem? And I read this fabulous quote I want to share with you from a lot of the reactions from this Biggest Loser um, study. Jonah Sulman is um, someone who uh, posted something that I'll also put in the, the show notes about, you know, a, a critique and overview of the research and the reaction. And part of it, um, Jonah said, weight becomes a problem because it's viewed as one. What that means is that when a person in a larger body, maybe as a youngster, maybe not, is told that their weight is a problem, then it a person's naturally going to start to explore dieting um, and different kinds of exercise in order to change the weight. And maybe short term, it may make the weight go down. But long term, it ends up providing a foundation for disordered eating, poor health outcomes, and also it promotes weight gain instead of weight loss long term. And Jonah Sulman in this um, article has a really wonderful case study on on how to like how this works. So be sure to check that out in the show notes. So letter writer, you know, I know you've gotten some really serious messages about your weight from your family of origin, and you're also getting this kind of uncomfortable dialogue between two smaller people talking about their size. And um, I do think it's just a really, really unfortunate, um, unfortunate is really too, (laughs) that's too much of a minimizer there. It's just really shitty that, you know, people will talk about their size and they're in smaller bodies and complain about it and say that they hate how fat they are. I just think that's really shitty. Um, It's not being sensitive and it's also being swept up into this kind of cultural norm of hating your body. So, you know, I don't have anything really to sugarcoat it because I just don't agree with that practice. Um, but it, it seems like it kind of cements for you that idea that you do indeed need to worry about your weight. But again, remember, what if worrying about your weight is what makes your weight a problem? And if you stepped away from the worry and instead let your brain fill with the things that you enjoy, which may or may not be food, and then also preparing for this wedding I wonder if it could be a little bit different. And walking away from the struggle, um, I feel like is such an easy thing for me to say, yet it's something that could be a lifelong journey. And I also appreciate that for you, letter writer, you may be in a place where you don't want to stay at the same size you're at, you are right now. You may want to lose weight. And what I have to say, though, is that unfortunately, we don't have a diet or any kind of plan, whether we call it healthy eating, lifestyle change, um, eating clean, organic, or whatever we want to call it, 
We don't have anything that promotes long-term safe weight loss for the majority of people. It's really an exception rather than a rule for that to work out in a positive way. And so that's kind of just one place to kind of let yourself marinate on is like, there really isn't anything that is gonna change your weight long-term. So continuing to pursue it, some people would say, well, shouldn't people just continue just to work on it? And I say, no, no, you should not continue to work on it because it does place a person at risk for lots of harmful things. And if weight is something that a person is concerned about, it's probably gonna promote long-term more weight gain anyway. So I also come from a place of weight neutrality for health. What that means is that I cannot tell by looking at someone if they're healthy or not. I can't, the body size does not tell me that. So what if instead you focused on health and something that's really cool that happens when people start to really just immerse themselves in working towards body respect with maybe eventually body acceptance, but really just working towards body respect in the beginning, other people start to notice and they start to want to know more about it. And you may find that maybe your mother or maybe other people in your life may be curious. I have to say they may not either. It's a really, it's it's a big sell, <laughs> but um, it does sound like you're in a place where you really get that weight loss gimmicks and diets, they don't work. So, you know, it's not really worth pursuing anymore. All that being said, I am super, super curious about something, letter writer, super curious. Um, I wonder how much your passion for food science is from this struggle, especially, and I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a, a coincidence that you chose to work for a diet food company. Um, I have a feeling that that's coming from something else. And I do wonder if you never were told your weight was wrong. Like if you just were taught how to live in your own skin joyfully or be at home in your own skin, at least. Um, I wonder if you would have pursued the same career. Certainly, it's been well established in research that people with disordered eating pathology seek out degrees in nutrition. And so I wonder if food science is very similar. I have a feeling it is. Um, so I just have this big question mark. I wonder if you would pursue the same career. And so, you know, exploring body respect and body acceptance, maybe walking away from that struggle with your weight, it may also open up this big can of worms. You know, what if you really don't enjoy working with food that much? And it may be kind of, it may be totally odd to think of that right now because you feel so immersed in it. But I just wanted to put it out there in case you did start to explore it. And then this big hole opened up of different desires for um, life work. And certainly there are many people out there that are foodies and love to cook um, or food scientists or dietitians, And, you know, they just love this job. I'm one of them. I love it. And um, I also wonder, though, if you tease apart the struggle, if that love will still be there. And if it's not, um, that doesn't mean you did anything wrong. And, you know, I hope you give yourself permission to find some other hobbies 
are other careers that could be a possibility if that is an option for you. So how do you stop thinking about food? Well, you know, we can't stop thinking about food. It is a part of being a human. But if you want to change your relationship with food, while it is such a big part of your life, I do encourage you, letter writer, to really make peace with the struggle with your weight. I would say making sure that you really become well-versed on what health is, especially outside of body size. I'm going to put some links in the show notes for you to get you started. Yet I think you'll find that by walking away from the struggle, it will open up access to so much more joy. So you can actually start this new step with your partner on the path that you want to take instead of one that's focused on on that struggle with weight. So I see that food has written you back. So take care and please, please keep us posted. Bye-bye. Dear Hopelessly Devoted to You, Long time, no see, ha ha. We've grown acquainted over the years, yet at times you've manipulated our relationship. Find ways to avoid us or make us lower calorie, all in hopes to end the struggle with your body size. What if the manipulation is causing you pain and obsession rather than your weight? What if we just kept things simple and allowed us to respectfully reconnect? As you say your I do's, we hope you say I do to body respect and acceptance. Like a fine wine or aged steak, persevering through a struggle may make you experience more, more joy than you planned. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show, or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.